0: Hello, hello. Welcome back. I know that I sound a little bit like I'm talking with my nose plugged, and I am sorry about that for today's episode. I do have a cold and I have kind of a stuffy nose and a scratchy throat. So, my voice is even going to be more scratchy and more gruff than it already is because I already have a really scratchy voice. So, now it's really, really scratchy. So, hopefully, you can put up with my sound for today, but I promise it is going to be worth it because of the subject we're talking about. Typically, after the holidays, things tend to slow down as in, you know, in your address book, what you have going on. Do people even use an address book anymore? I don't know. Let's say calendar, what you have going on. It tends to slow down a little bit, but it honestly doesn't matter what time of year it is, during slow seasons, fast seasons, you know, back to school, whenever, the most common thing I hear from people is, I don't have time. Now listen. I would be a complete hypocrite if I said that I do not say this, and I have not thought this, and I still do not say this. This is something that I am working on, and I say too, and I would like to point out that I've noticed for myself, when I say this, all I am doing is pointing out a problem, and I'm not actually making a solution. So next time you say that, I want you to think about that. I'm just pointing out I don't have time. Let's actually think about a solution for that and what we can do. Because oftentimes we have things that we want to do or change and we just don't feel like we have the time. So today I'm going to give you some ideas for solutions and things that you can use that will hopefully open up your eyes so you can view things differently. And no matter what you feel like you don't have time to do financially, with exercise, with health and relationships, that you can see maybe you do have a little bit of time with these small modifications. And also, if you feel this podcast is helpful for you, please share it on your social media or with friends or wherever that may be. I also really appreciate your reviews. Anytime I get a review on the podcast, it helps the podcast grow. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you click on the three dots in the top right-hand corner, you'll see an option where you can follow, which is subscribe, and then every episode will automatically be downloaded to your phone every Wednesday. Today, the podcast review is called Best Podcast Ever, and it's from Air Force Twin Mama. I love listening to these podcasts. I play them on my way home from dropping my twins off at preschool. A recent one on anxiety was incredibly spot on for me. I deal with anxiety and I know taking medication would be easy way out, but I would like to deal with the stressors causing anxiety and I know exercise is the best medicine for me. I can push myself to release those endorphins. I love that Andrea uses fitness to help with our big life emotions too. Every time she says you are doing better than you think you are, I get choked up. Knowing she really, truly gets it and I feel seen. Andrea and her program are the reason I'm healthier during this time of my life, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Thank you so much, Air Force Twin Mama. I see you. I really do. I love the podcast a lot. I feel like this is my true home, the things that we talk about, and it's a place where, truthfully, I can get emotional and be really open and raw and honest, and I hope that we can cheer each other on and we can empower each other. So thank you for that review. All right, let's get into it. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated, and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. So the first thing you have to do when you're talking about time management and saying, I don't have time, is you truly have to take an inventory of your life and what your priorities are. I need you to actually get out a pen and paper right now, and I want you to think about things that you want to change, you want to do, you don't feel like you're doing effectively because you don't have time we're going to write on this paper, but for now, I want you to look at that list of things that you want to change or do or add, whatever it is. And I want you to change your wording. Instead of saying, I don't have time, I want you to change it to, this is not a priority. Now, I know I need you to be open-minded and realize, I promise you, I am on your team. I am not attacking you when I'm asking you to sincerely ask yourself this, but this is really important that you replace, I don't have time" with the word priority. So let's say if you're saying, I don't have time to exercise. Instead, you'd say, it is not a priority to exercise. Let that sit with you for a moment. No matter what the goal is, I don't have time to work on my relationship. I don't have time to fix my finances. I don't have time to eat healthy. Whatever it is, change it to, eating healthy is not a priority. Sit in that for a moment. Think about how that makes you feel. Now, going back to the workout, Example, working out is not a priority. Maybe as you're sitting in that moment, maybe your husband works 80 hours. Maybe you have a newborn. Maybe you're caring for a sick parent or whatever else is going on. And that is okay. Right now, maybe exercise is not a priority for you. And that's okay. It can take a back seat. And there is nothing wrong with that. If you have all those things on your plate, like I talked about, your husband works a lot, you're caring for a sick parent, newborn, whatever you have going on, own it and be okay with that, and stop beating yourself up for not exercising. Maybe that truly isn't a priority. So saying over and over again to yourself, I don't have time to exercise, makes you feel bad when the truth is, I have so much on my plate right now, this is not a priority. And if it's not truly a priority of yours, that is okay put it in the back seat and move on. You can come back when something else clears off your plate and you can move it back to the front seat and work on it. This is not a forever thing. This is a current timestamp of what you have going on right now and if things are truly a priority in this moment. Second, if you realize that something really isn't a priority for you, I want you to stop comparing yourself to other people. Let me give you a personal example. I have a lot on my plate. I run a business. I like to work out. I even work out for my business. I have four kids. We have a handful of trainers that work with us. We have a lot going on. I want to make sure that my clients get good attention. I do the podcast. A few years ago, it came to the point where I just was like, I I started feeling bad. Like my kids are, they get themselves dressed. They're never in matching clothes. Their hair's never done cute. And I just kind of started feeling bad about it when they were going to school. And I had to do the same thing for myself. And I'd say, oh, I just don't have time to get them dressed. No, I had to change my words and say, getting them dressed, you know, with their hair beautifully braided or whatever every day is not a priority. I just had to realize that wasn't a priority for me based on all the things I had on my plate. So when you see my people, if you lived in my town, if you saw my kids, chances are their outfits may not match. Their socks probably don't match. And their hair is probably in a messy bun. And I've done it that way probably eight days straight in a row. And that is okay. It's the same thing for decorating. I used to spend hours and hours on Pinterest looking up decorating ideas and trying to make things cute. And I just my plate got really full and I had to realize, you know what? I don't have time is what I wanted to say for decorating, but I had to change it and say, it is not a priority at this moment for me to be like trying to decorate you know, my house. And I had to just put it in the back seat and move on and not feel bad about it because so many other things to me were more important. I could feel bad about the fact that I'm not a talented decorator or that my kids aren't always super cute and super matching with their hair and beautiful braids or whatever else, you know, sometimes that you see, or I could be like, no, it's all good that is not my priority. My priority is I've got to make sure they're fed. I got to make sure they're happy. I got to make sure I'm working with clients and we're exercising. Everyone's getting good sleep. And it just got shuffled down to being lower and lower on my priority list. And then I let it go. So if you're thinking about these priorities, you know, versus saying I don't have time, be okay with letting some things go if it's truly not a fit. Because the truth is you have two options. You can either beat yourself up for not being able to do something the way you imagined or the way you expected, or you can adapt, make boundaries, and set small steps to move in a direction where you want that thing that you don't have time to do to be a priority. And that is what we're going to talk about a little bit. I know as a mother, there's so many things that I thought that I would do, and I don't. I just don't because I had to take a hard look at myself and say, this is not a priority over this and that. And I had to be okay with that. And I had to let some stuff go. So as we get into this today, you might have to let some stuff go. As you write down your priorities, as you say, instead of, I don't have time, you replace it with, it's not a priority. You may have to say, that's okay. That can go in the backseat. And it's okay also that we don't have the same priorities. There is nothing wrong with that. What you may truly enjoy and be talented at and a priority for you may not be for me and vice versa. And that is like totally okay and normal. So if you are making this list and you're starting to say what's a priority and what's not, do not compare. Do not look around at what other people are doing and realize that you can't do it all and that is okay. There used to be a meme. I remember when I was first married, I saw this meme and I thought it was so great. And now that I've had four kids and like become well into motherhood, I even appreciate this meme more. And it said, pick two. You can exercise, clean your house, shower and be dressed, get kids dressed and off to activities or make dinner, but you don't get them all. And when I read that, it made me laugh so hard because I was like, you can't do everything. You have to pick two. You have to pick a priority. You have to see what really matters to you and move on. Now, as you shift your wording from, I don't have time to, this is not a priority, if that isn't sitting well with you, if that feels off, if the thing that you are saying is not a priority actually is a priority or you want it to be a priority, then you need to shift the way you're doing things. And that is what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you a couple of quick thoughts to help you things that I have found that have helped me shift my plate around and make things work a little bit better. Number one, you need to organize your day the day before. I have talked about a push journal multiple times. I will add a link for it in my show notes. I live and die by my push journal. I built my whole business off a Push Journal. It is simply a written little book that helps you keep small goals and allows you to utilize time blocking. I don't have to have a strict hardcore schedule, but having that outline, I write it the night before. I write out when I'm going to exercise, when I'm going to do this, when I'm going to take the kids to school. Simple things that even if I do them every single day, it doesn't matter. I still write it down and then I move things around how I need it also has a spot for you to add three tiny goals. Now, if you don't want to get a push journal, it's totally okay. It's obviously not my company. I just live and die by it because that's how I built my business and how I organize my life. But you can just do this on a piece of paper if you want. So you can write out you know, your plan for the day, the day before, and then you're going to write three tiny tasks to move you towards whatever you want your priority to shift towards. Cause we said, you know, I don't have time to exercise. Let's use that example. Let's just stick with that example. I don't have time to exercise. So you're gonna have three tiny goals that are gonna help you move towards saying, you know, instead of that, it's not a priority and making it a priority or whatever your goal is, making it a priority. These tiny tasks can add up and really move the needle for whatever your goal is, whatever your goals are. And maybe the exercise is a small piece of the big picture. Maybe you're trying to add muscle. Maybe you're trying to lose fat. Maybe you're simply trying to be healthier because we know moving our bodies is really good for your bodies. If you literally look at like any sickness or any problem, I promise you one of the solutions, the natural solutions is Exercise, move your body, use your lungs, use your heart. It's it's like under everything. It helps improve everything pretty much. So maybe you're just trying to exercise more for that. Either way, let's say that's a small piece you don't have time for, but it's a piece to get you to a bigger goal. So you want to do three tiny little tasks every day, tiny, tiny, to move that needle. Now, along with these three tiny tasks and organizing your day, I want you to stop making insanely long lists, to-do lists. They are literally eating up all your time. So you don't have time to do a lot of things. And not only that, but they actually make you discouraged because I'm going to put a million dollars down that if you are someone who makes really long to do lists 10, 15, 20 things on it, it's on your phone, maybe it's wherever, that you only get one, two, maybe three done a day. And then you instantly feel like a failure. I hate feeling like a failure. It is the worst. And so I don't set myself up to feel that way very often. Instead, I scale back what I expect of myself and make it doable. So that's why I say three tiny goals. So if you are someone who makes those to-do lists, if you only did three of 10, you feel bad. If you only made three for that day in the first place, then you're like, thank you, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I killed it. I got my three goals. I'm going to make three more tiny steps the next day and keep moving you towards your goal. This really is why I like the push journal because it has a spot on each day where you write your three tiny goals. But it is super effective. If you keep making long, long lists, you're going to always feel like you're running a marathon, like you're never actually getting there. You're never actually winning, basically, because you're like, I'm always running. But if you're like, nope, One mile, hit it, done, I'm awesome. Next day, one mile, hit it, done, I'm awesome. You will see your progress better and you will feel more confident in your abilities to make these tiny steps to move something to a priority or to shift towards a goal that you think you don't have time for. Let me give you a small example of something that I did, which might be useful for you if you're thinking about how can I make time for this, how can I hit this goal, or whatever you have going on. When I was building my program, The very first time I built the workout program, I had major anxiety over building it. I was like, I do not have time. I have twins. I was training people out of my house at the time because I trained people in person. And I was so overwhelmed. And that's when I started making these three tiny goals every day. And I would make those goals only 10 minutes, 10 minutes long. Sometimes I would combine them and say, instead of three tiny goals, I'm going to do one goal for 30 minutes. And what I did was I would start to lay out really simple steps in my program. So for example, the first thing I did was I just made a list of the exercises, of exercises for a bicep, all the exercises for a bicep, then all the exercises for a tricep. And I made these massive lists. And one day, all I would do is write down 20 exercises for a bicep, and then I would move on. And the next day, I would write down 30 exercises for a tricep. And I made lists that way. Then I slowly started combining them and making workouts, saying, I'm going to do one workout today and combine my three little tasks, or I'll do three workouts if they each only take 10 minutes. And I started combining. And then slowly, slowly, I ended up building it over time. But initially, when I was looking at building it, it felt like a mountain. I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot climb this. I don't have time I have twin toddlers, I'm training people in person, my husband was running a business, it was crazy at our house. But when I broke it down to tiny, tiny steps with small boundaries and small things, it made it doable. My next tip for you is going to be to utilize small pockets of time. All throughout the day, there is so much time that we waste. And by we, I mean we, you and me, we both do it. Trust me. My husband catches me doing it and I'm like, dang it. I can't believe he caught me wasting my time scrolling Instagram. So it does happen. We all have it. Six minutes before we have to pick up the kids from school, 10 minutes before the kids get home, 10 minutes before that, eight minutes before this. There's always these small pockets of time throughout the day. And typically during those times, what do we do? We get on our phones and we mindlessly scroll or we waste time doing this or we look at pictures or texts or do whatever that's not actually efficient. So I'm going to challenge you actually to take those small pockets of time and be super efficient in them. Let's say you honestly have no time in your day. You're like, I have no time. I don't even know when I'm going to fit in a workout. I'm so serious. There is zero space. If you have six minutes until you have to take your kids to school and everyone is dressed and everyone has eaten, then I want you to do intervals. 30 seconds of push-ups, one 30-second rest, six times. Six minutes, that's it. You did six rounds, you're done. And it is moving you towards what you want if your goal was to start exercising. That's the example I'm using. You can do that with so many different things. For work, I will utilize those tiny windows to answer a couple quick emails, or I will, I'm will. i working on some new programs right now, so I'll say, oh, I will do one set or two sets in this workout, and I will write it out so that later I can film it. Or I'm going to film a video tomorrow, so I'm going to write out the workout quickly in six minutes what I'm going to film so that when tomorrow comes, I'm not like, oh shoot, I got to write out a workout and then film it. That tiny time gets utilized and it makes it way more effective. You could even think of it as maybe it's just organizing your grocery list better, like in the categories like this is the cold stuff, this is the stuff on the perimeter, this is the stuff here. So it's faster when you grocery shop and then you're grocery shopping faster because you took that six minutes to literally divide up your grocery list and put things where they were in the store, which made your grocery shopping maybe 10 minutes faster and you just gained 10 minutes. So it does add up if we use those tiny pockets of time and stop wasting them on social media. Listen, I have a platform on social media. I think that social media is very enjoyable, but it is also a time waster. And that is the truth. And I even have to time block my own time on social media. And I run a business off social media because that's a lot of times how I pick up my clients for coaching. But I have to set limitations and be aware that I'm only going to answer DMs for 30 minutes. I'm only going to scroll for 10 minutes. I'm only going to search for real music to use next week for eight minutes. I will use those tiny pockets of time as effective as I can. And as I said before, I am not always perfect at this. In fact, a lot of times I fail and before I know it, I'm wasting my time. But I have kind of made also my husband accountability partner and he will call me out on it and I will do the same for him, and that's helpful. So if you have someone who's around a lot, that might be helpful as well. But I honestly encourage you to just think about that little bit of time, and next time you're just going to get on your phone to scroll, stop, think, how much time do I have before my next task, and can I get something effective done in this tiny window? I promise that that actually does work. Now, if you're someone who says, Andrea, I actually really do a schedule every day, and I really try to time block, and I really use my time to be effective, but stuff is always coming up, and I'm always being, you know, interrupted, and I just feel like I can't get anything done. I'm going to highly suggest that you read Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of a Highly Effective Person. It is going to help you so much. Get it on Audible, read it whatever you need. It is so, it is a classic and it is honestly so good. I have found it so helpful for me and I go back to chapters in it all the time because I'm like, this is like a truth bomb of knowledge. It is so good. In the book, he talks about paying attention to things in your life that are urgent, non-urgent, important, and non-important. This concept really blew my mind because I realized that I would say, oh, I don't have time for this or I don't have time for this. But I was filling my life with things that were urgent but not important. They weren't like my house is on fire. That would be an urgent issue and that would be important. You know, we definitely want to take care of that. But urgent might be a phone call from whoever and I pick it up because my phone rings and it's at my desk. So why would I not pick it up? That's not important. I I could have just let the phone sit and I could have kept working on what I was doing, but now my mind is somewhere else. I've lost my focus. And refocusing after you have shifted your mind to something else is actually really hard, especially if you have ADD. People like me, you have ADD, you know, that is a struggle to once you like off shift and then the shift back. I'm going to add a link in the show notes for a quadrant of this where it shows it in a square. And it's cut all four sides, and it helps you start to label what things in your life should go in the urgent, the non-urgent, the important, and the non-important. And in that example, it's going to show you examples of all of those areas. So while I gave you the example of the phone call, there are so many things that fall in each area. Because the truth is, often we let the urgent things run our lives, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're important. I will get an email from a client or something from a sponsor who needs, you know, some data on something. And I instantly will jump to answer that and then feel stressed to get it done because it's in front of me. And while it is important, it's actually not effective for being like a long-term situation that's going to help me. It is an urgent issue that doesn't need to be done right away. So phone calls, texts, maybe even like a mess in your house, I know that can be super distracting. You could be going to do something. You can be like, my floor needs vacuumed. My dishes need done. Whatever it is, they all butt in line of things that sometimes are more important, things that you're trying to make a priority. So I personally have learned in the last few months to set time blocks, even for things that would technically be urgent, but not important. So I will ignore phone calls, texts. I will ignore messes in my house. And I will say, can I do that in 30 minutes? And if I can, I will keep working on whatever I'm doing in that moment, or I will keep on my schedule whatever is in that moment. Now, obviously, you need to be aware of your kid's school calls or something like that, but I'm saying in general, just normal text calls, emails, messes in your house, whatever it is, can it wait 30 minutes? I found when I view things that way that I actually complete assignments and ideas and tasks and things that are priorities, and I actually get them done when I'm not letting urgent, non-important things affect my time. For example, maybe you're starting again to try to work out, but then you walk around your house doing all kinds of busy things that you really do need to do, like put the laundry in, wipe down the table, you know, turn this off, put this bowl in the sink. They're all things that, yeah, they need done, but they're just in front of your eyes, so you think they need done now, but they don't. They can wait 30 minutes, and when you're going to get ready to exercise and you feel like, oh, I don't have time. I want you to think, can whatever I'm thinking I need to do, can it honestly wait 30 minutes? If not, go ahead and do it. And then maybe you need to change your workout time. Or if you're like, no, it really can wait and I can do this now and I can set up my kids, you know, with an iPad or with a game or whatever, then go for it. This works for anything, for finances, for relationships, for health, whatever it is. Like if you can say Can that go on the back burner while I focus on maybe spending some time getting some healthy groceries because I don't have time to make the food? Remember, it's not time. It's not a priority to make healthy food. You got to scratch out that window and say, well, I did take six minutes earlier to do this. Could I order this on groceries, like where they get delivered to your house or some other things to adjust that way? And can other things go onto the back burner? So now that I've kind of explained urgent, non-urgent, important, and non-important, I want you to make a list of your daily tasks and the time that each of them take you. And I want you to start marking them as urgent, non-urgent, important, and non-important. And I, as I mentioned, I will have that graph in my show notes so you can kind of get an idea of where things fall. And I think that that will be helpful for you to see like, ooh, Maybe I don't need to do this small item or this small task at this time. It might be urgent, but it's non important compared to what my priorities are. When you start to take note of what your true priorities are and look at those, you will see things differently with your time and what is truly urgent and truly important. And you will start to shift your time and make room for things that actually matter to you. And you will simply let other stuff go. Like I had to let go of the fact that I wanted to control what my kids got dressed in every day for school. I don't do that anymore. I just tell them, go upstairs and get dressed. It was something that saved me 15 minutes every day. Instead of going upstairs and fighting with them over outfits, I just say, go get dressed. Sometimes they come down and I'm like, oh heavens, it's fine. You can wear that. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, again, priorities are different for everybody, but that is something that I had to say, it's not a priority. And as I made like, out my own chart of my urgent and non-urgent and important and non-important things that became clear to me and I let it go another really easy example of this concept which I'm going to link in the show notes as well a full video showing it is the rock and sand in the jar concept i'm sure many of you know what that is or have seen it it's really popular but i'm just going to explain it quickly and again there is a video in the show notes basically we have tasks that we think that we need to do And if we focus on putting the non-important, urgent, or non-urgent things in the glass first, aka the sand in the glass first in the jar, the rocks aren't going to fit on top. There's no room for them. But if you put the important things in first, the things that are truly your priority, the things that you care about, the things that you want to say, this is a priority for me, those are the rocks. And if you put those in first, then the sand will just fall in around the rocks and it will actually all fit in the jar. But if we're doing things in the reverse, it does not. And that's what happens oftentimes with tiny tasks around the house and busy work is things start to not fit because we're filling our life with tiny busy work instead of time blocking, organizing our day, making sure we're using small pockets of time, making sure that we're aware of what's urgent, what's not urgent, what's important, what's not important. And then things fall into peace a little bit easier. It really is an amazing visual to see that because it really is so true with the rocks and the sands. Now, I know this is a very hard topic for many people. I have said I have had to walk away from things in my life because I realized it just wasn't as important for me and I had to be okay with that. If you truly want to do something, but you can look at yourself and say that's not a priority because of all the things I have on my plate, I do not want you to feel bad about that. Whatever it is in any aspect of life, I don't want you to feel bad. That is okay. There is a time and a season for everyone. There are things that I do now that I didn't have time for when I had a newborn baby. There are things that I did before I had kids that I don't have time to do now because I've got four kids running around. There are things that my sisters do who their youngest are 12 and 10, I think that I don't have time to do because they have a little bit more time on their plate. That's just a couple examples of motherhood being a time in a season. But there's other things. Maybe you're caring for a parent who has Alzheimer's. Maybe you have a sick partner. Maybe you have a child with disabilities. There are so many things that affect our time management. And it is okay to say, this is not the season. I do not have time for this because a season's come and go. Like, there's not one season for the whole year. There's lots of different seasons. So the beautiful thing is, it's okay because that season will come back around. That stage will work out down the road. Maybe it's just not the time and the season right now. And there's no reason to beat yourself up over that. The truth is, I have so many big ideas and dreams and things that I want to build into my business. But I often have to say to myself, if I push myself to do those things, my family will suffer. And I'm not okay with that because my family is my priority. So I would not be honoring my priorities. And that is okay. I will never regret that. I will work on those things down the road when I don't have little kids at home with me all the time. And that is okay. That is the season I am in. And there is beauty in whatever season you're in. And there is also hard times in whatever season you're in. And it varies person to person. I just don't want you to feel bad because... Something that you want right now can't be one of your number one priorities because it can be down the road someday and it's going to be okay. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope that you can see a little bit better about how to do time management, how to look at things as priorities instead of I don't have time, how to fit things in a little bit better or change your thought process, the mind shift. On not having time and shifting around things to maybe utilize those small pockets of window, utilize time blocking, utilize your calendar, and utilize time efficiently, and that we're not wasting it in those non urgent, non important things that come in front of our face and seem like they need done right away, but they don't. I honestly, truly believe that you are doing better than you think you are. I know I say it every week, but the amount of women I work with and the things they say, I'm like, oh, sister you are truly doing better than you think. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to share it on social media or with your friends. And as always, subscribe to the podcast. It is the top three buttons on the top right corner. You can hit subscribe and then the episodes will be downloaded every week directly to your phone on Wednesdays. Till next week, we'll chat then. Are you feeling like an old, bitter rind? Sometimes life hits you with lemons. But here at the Pink Lemonade Stand, we're serving up smiles. Hi, we're your hosts, Nicole and Heidi. And every week, we're reporting refreshing good news stories and discussing how to navigate things like relationships, work, wellness, and how to survive this dumpster fire of a year. We'll be interviewing fascinating guests, doctors, teachers, artists, celebrities, and our favorite friends who will share how they've turned lemons into lemonade. <clears throat> Oops, pink lemonade. We ask the juiciest questions. Exquisite. And we save the zest for last for chatting about all of our latest obsessions and hot topics. There will be laughing. There will be crying. And each episode, we'll leave you with our motto, When life gets sour, we say, pucker up and squeeze the day. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Type the Pink Lemonade Stand in that search bar and press subscribe. You'll also want to follow along with us on Instagram at the PLS Podcast for more sweet treats throughout the week. Come Come sip with us.